you prompted. Did you hear me? Uh-huh. Well, say something. I... I sat up a little. I... Yes? He encouraged me, searching my face, staring into my eyes. I turned away, glanced at the steering wheel, the dashboard. I... I love the car! Hello and welcome to our first show of 2020, episode 131 of the Erasable Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Notegeist, an online curated stationery shop. Relaunching on January 9th, stay tuned for the ad for information on how to get an exclusive gift with purchase for Erasable listeners. I am Johnny Gamber, sitting here dressed as Baby New Year. Happy New Year. And joining me are my two favorite New Year's resolutions, Andy Welfley and Tim Wassum. Hey, guys. Hello. I bet you look great with a diaper on. I don't. (laughs) 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 But I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yes. (laughs) So it's a new year, and tonight we have a special guest. Uh, Brian Manning recently opened an independent bookstore in Portland, Oregon. And he has specialized knowledge about one of us. I don't remember that one. Um, So before (laughs) we call Mr. Manning and chat about books and... You know, all things literary and cool. Let's jump in with our tools of the trade. So do you want to go first, Andy? Sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing I wanted to mention is um, I finally, finally saw Hamilton. Um, Awesome. They're uh, closing out their second run, I think, in San Francisco. And uh, Katie got tickets uh, for New Year's Eve. So we went to a matinee on New Year's Eve, and it was so good. Um, I've listened to the soundtrack many times, and um, it was just really fun to see... um, you know, like sometimes I wasn't sure who was who was singing or who was acting in this, and that really, really was really great. So, yeah, Hamilton, man, it's good. That's oh, awesome. Good show. Yeah. Um, also been watching Doctor Who season twelve. The f- second episode just aired. Um, love me some Doctor Who. Love the love the tw- this this new Doctor. So good. Um, and I guess I've been reading. I haven't been reading a lot lately, um, but I picked up um, when I was flying to Indiana. Uh, a book by Joyce Carol Oates called The Hazards of Time Travel. Which well, that is, sounds interesting. Yeah, it's a slightly sci-fi-ish book. Um, it's a little bit, um, what am I trying to say? A little bit uh, Handmaid's Tale and a little bit um, Time Traveler's Wife. So Interesting. Yeah, it's um, her take on, on sci-fi. It's pretty good. And I have been today writing with an Epsera pop that I found on my desk. And Ooh. I'm still writing in my Field Notes Group 11 notebook, the bronze one. Cool. What color is your um, Epsera? Uh, it is the one that's um, kind of like gray, blue, and yellow. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. It's one of my favorite ones. How about you, Tim? Uh, to start out, I'm gonna I'm just going to read you something from what okay. I've been reading lately. Yeah. Okay. So just, just roll with it. <laughs> Rory? Dean said, yes. I whispered, (laughs) looking into his eyes. Dean hesitated, then softly said, I love you. Everything stopped. I blinked. I couldn't speak. Dean waited expectantly, and when I still said nothing, his brow furrowed in concern. Rory? He prompted. Did you hear me? "Uh Uh-huh. Well, say something. I... I sat up a little. I... Yes? He encouraged me, searching my face, staring into my eyes. I turned away, glanced at the steering wheel, the dashboard. I I love the car. That's that's it? No, I just was surprised. I I didn't expect I I don't you don't love me. He pulled his arm from around me and sat up straight. 
That is a very short little excerpt from a book titled I Love You, You Idiot, a Gilmore oh Girls novel. Wow. Um, um, I, sense, I sense a book club novel. I think it's going to happen. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was in jest, but so far at this yeah. point, I just discovered this today while perusing my school library to find books to share with my students tomorrow on our first day back. And uh, I and couldn't not share it. <laughs> I love you. you it, has, it has a very serious picture of. of uh, oh, my God, it does. <laughs> of the <laughs> yeah, of the two Lorelei's. And it's uh, it says, I love you, you idiot. Dude, the there are a couple perfect. more. Grumbler Girls. Yeah, there's I it's do, a series of four. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. Series of four books. That's this is actually book two, but it's the only one our library had, so I guess I'm starting there. My life so. is different now. <laughs> Where's the romance yeah. novel featuring Kelly Bishop? I think Johnny. Because you're gonna I was just about to say, because Johnny's gonna start writing his own spin off novels. I was wondering what to do what? for Camp NaNoWriMo in April. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> watch out Nano twenty twenty. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. Yeah. Oh man, that is not gonna be safe for work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> sorry. Um, so what I uh, <laughs> really though, I have been by both of your recommendation, Jane and I started watching uh, the girls on Corfu and it is wonderful. It's such an amazing show. I'm really, we're really enjoying it. It's going to go down as one of my favorite pilot episodes ever. That first episode is so, so good. It's so, so entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's yeah. Charming, but it's, I mean, it's just, Gosh, I don't know. I can't say enough about it. I keep recommending it to people. Um, really enjoying that. And two books I've been reading. One is The Book of Joy, which is a uh, it's a dialogue between the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Oh, interesting. Uh, who are very who are like old old friends, and they got together several years ago. Uh, on I guess I guess it was. They were both around, like around their 80th birthday or something like that, but they got together to talk for like four or five days, and the subject for their talks was joy. And so they had kind of people around, and and the the guy who was moderating and leading the interview would ask them questions and and kind of prompt them through this conversation, uh, and then he writes little interludes between what they say, uh, and it's it's really it's really great. And it's uh the audiobook is good. I have the audiobook as well, and it's it's read by two actors that are reading in the same kind of accent uh, as the two uh, two men. And it's just really it's really fun because it's it's really profound. But also these two people, um, it's amazing. They just respect each other so much, and they love each other, and they also just like make fun of each other all the time, which is what I was not <laughs> expecting. And it's really really enjoyable. So I'm really enjoying that book. Uh, it's Des- really Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama walk into a bar. The bartender says, what is this a joke? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> and the other, uh, other book I'm reading right now, which I just started a couple days ago is called all American boys by uh, Jason Reynolds and Brendan Keeley. And it's a, it's a young adult novel kind of in the same, uh, it so far for me, it's in the same vein as the hate you give where it starts out with, uh, this young African-American kid gets kind of like wrongly sucked into an encounter with the police. And then the second chapter is a, a young kid from his school who's 
is a, a white kid who ends up in the same place. You find out when this happens. And then the rest of the book is their two stories kind of weaving in and out of each other as they're both trying to like sort out um, their senior year of high school and dealing with what happened there. And it's, it's, it's an excellent book. Jason Reynolds is an amazing writer and he's a really good follow on uh, Twitter as well. So I really enjoying that. And, uh, as far as what I'm writing with, I'm writing with a Blackwing 155, which I got at, uh, Malprop's bookstore in Asheville on our anniversary. The other day I picked up some of those and I am writing, I'm, I'm back to my field notes, Wilco, John Sturrott edition, which is the one I've, I've talked about it before, but it's the one with the like dog face hidden in it. So I didn't, didn't finish it. And so I'm back with that. Nice. So cool. how about you, Johnny? So um, we spent a lot of time over the holiday watching BritBox, um, which is, I guess, not everybody knows BritBox. BritBox is a um, it's a streaming service that's made by ITV and BBC. So it's got a lot of really cool shows. They've got a few original shows. And uh, we watched a miniseries called In the Dark, which is about this um, detective who just finds out that she's pregnant. like, And then the poop hits the fan. <laughs> but it was like super super good it was if you have BritBox, definitely check it out um and i watched the great hack on netflix about the um cambridge analytics scandal did you guys catch that no and it was it was good but like the whole time i'm like i want to burn my facebook and like poop on my phone it's like stop it and go back in time <laughs> It's like the lady who positioned herself as a whistleblower was like not a likable character and she was in it too much, mm. but it was well done and um, alarming. <laughs> and they, they left Facebook out of it largely. They mostly talked about specifically Cambridge analytics and uh, all the weird things they did. And oh, the, yeah. uh, the, um, like the one person worked for um, Obama and then, um, Ted Cruz and then Trump <laughs> and now she's positioning herself as like a whistleblower and freedom fighter and now she's working for Trump again indirectly mm. so like yay oh boy yeah but it was it was a good documentary and um, I read a book that Tim recommended uh, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green which I didn't know it was nice. about a kid with OCD I was like oh this speaks to me hmm. and um, it makes me kind of want to visit in uh, Andy's home state Oh, yeah, yeah Tim never, I, mean, I haven't That's spent right. much time there. Yeah, I lived in Illinois for three years, but you know we just drove through it. That's the guy who wrote, um, oh the the star. What's it called? Fault in Our Stars. Fault in Our Stars. That's it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I, somebody bought the movie rights to Turtles All the Way Down too. Nice. So that's cool. Um, and I'm writing with a Musgrave Tennessee Red, which is just a freaking amazing pencil in the gold notebook from the field notes group 11 set nice so we'll just jump into some fresh points and we can reverse again and say tim to me right. i just found out about something in the last like 24 hours that i had never seen before and forgive me if you guys have mentioned it to me before but the monk manual have you guys seen this mm -mm. no okay so i found out about it from our uh, good friend of the podcast, Judy, uh, on her uh, Instagram page. And the monk manual is, she, she had made some comment. She had posted something and said, like, I'm, I'm ready to travel. She has a lot of traveling. And she said, I, I think if I lost this, I'd be more devastated than if I lost my phone. Uh, 
and it's a planner, which we've talked exhaustively about how like I have trouble sticking with a planner. Um, but this one is really, it looks really interesting and I'm just going to read you uh, the, the tagline for it is the monk manual, a system for being and doing. And so it is a, uh, it's a journal or like a, a daily planner that also incorporates, it, it draws from the wisdom of monastic life, modern psychology, and best practices and personal productivity. The Monk Manual provides this daily system that will help you find clarity, purpose, wisdom, and peace in the moments that make up your life. It sounds really, so it's split up into daily pages, weekly pages, and monthly pages. And so it's what I really like about it and I'm really intrigued by is that there's a planning aspect to it, but there's also a sort of thematic aspect where it's like asking you, you know, how are you going to, um, do good for others today or how are you going to, it's got like those sort of like aspirational things that are incorporated as well. So there's just the, I have this and this and this and this and this to do at this time, but also here's a to-do list on the left side and here are some aspirational things on the right side in a way that just seems really intriguing to me. Um, Hmm. uh, And there's also a, an incorporate, there's a place to reflect on the day. So it almost is bringing together a, um, a planner with something like the Baron fig. Um, and I, I use it almost every day, but I forget what it's called. What's the, uh, the grow. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. The grow journal, uh, bringing those two ideas together. And it looks really, really interesting. And it's, it's, it, uh, it's, I think is quarterly. So it's a little expensive because they're like mm. almost 40 bucks. Um, and it only, if you use it daily, then one book is just going to last you a quarter. So you have to buy four for a year. So it's, it's a big buy-in, but there is a, on their website, you can go in and you can download a daily page for free Hmm. if you sign up for their, uh, their newsletter. And so you can see the, see how that works and even use that and print it off, I guess yourself. And then it gives you a, a coupon code as well. So I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. It's just a startup by this one guy who had a had a good idea and so I, I like how it blends psychology and productivity and then like spiritual growth growth in, and you know whatever that means to you so. inspired by monks backed by science which is like the... speaking my language <laughs> yeah that that's is great that's because that's like that book of joy that i'm reading is all about i mean it's the dalai lama is this amazing spiritual figure but he's also like super like i mean incredibly knowledgeable in science like he i mean that's he he's he's an expert in talking about joy in a spiritual sense, but also like how your brain processes it. So it's just seeing this, it was just like right up my alley. Uh, so I'm I might try that pretty soon and see, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. So that was that was the first thing. The other thing I was going to bring up, and this is this will be quick, but I just I thought you guys would enjoy hearing this. I'm reading a I have a book called 180 Days, which is by you know, everybody has their sort of specialty within their field or interest or whatever. And my favorite teacher on the planet is a guy named Kelly Gallagher who teaches in California in the Los Angeles area. And uh, he writes great books about teaching and teaching English. And I'm reading a book called 180 Days where he he co-planned an entire year with a teacher in Maine that he's friends with. And so across the country and they were trying to plan together. And within it, I stumbled across this passage that is about why he demands his students to write by hand. 
And so I was just going to read this to you. It says, writing by hand also creates a different kind of thinking. Uh, Stanislas Dehaene, let me just say Dehaene, a psychologist at the College de France in Paris, notes, when we write, a unique neural circuit is automatically activated. There's a core recognition of the gesture in the written word, a sort of recognition by mental stimulation in your brain. And it seems that this circuit is contributing in unique ways we didn't realize. Learning is made easier. Uh, that's in 20, 2014. And then it says... Uh, the Zebra Pen Company in 2014 reports on the research of Pam Mueller and Daniel Oppenheimer showing that when students write by hand, one, they build stronger conceptual understanding of the material, two, they tax different cognitive processes, three, they develop better short-term and long-term memory, and four, they focus better because there are fewer distractions. So hmm. a little bit of preaching to the choir, I know, reading that on here, but I thought that was really cool to hear uh, research that yeah, it just speaks to the things we've kind of felt, you know. So I just thought that was really cool. That is cool. Awesome. Scienti scientists talking about how writing by hand is not just a good idea, but necessary. It's uh, funded by Big Pen, though. So yeah, it is. <laughs> Find your Zen. Yeah, That's their so new logo. Typewriter bill that. Because <laughs> we're not. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, that's all I got. So how about you, Andy? Oh, um, just have a couple things. Um, didn't get a lot of um, interesting uh, pencil things happening um, in the four weeks since we recorded, except for a couple of gifts that I got. Um, one of them was a, um, I don't know if I, you guys saw this, uh, I posted on Facebook. Uh, my coworker got me this giant pencil. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's probably like four, four, four feet long. Pretty incredible, like, yeah. Yeah, like kind of the, the width of if I put my like middle finger and thumb together, so it's pretty wide. Um, and uh, on top of that, it has a giant Indiana University logo on it, which is which is perfect. So I, she found <laughs> it amazing. An, yeah, she found an antique store, which is is pretty crazy out here. And I'm just like, how did a giant Indiana University pencil end up in an antique store in San Francisco? <laughs> And somebody's like, well, they 1500 miles away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody's like, well, they probably moved and realized their tiny apartment couldn't hold it. So they, they gave, <laughs> they gave it up. Ew, it went out there looking for you. Yeah, it did. Well, it, so it's, it's like a real pencil. It has like a big kind of graphite core that I'm sure doesn't go all the way through, but it has a rubber eraser and has a metal ferrule. Like it's, it's, it has it's a real. Core? That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's... can you do us a favor and travel with it when you come to DC? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I was gonna ask you that. <laughs> hey, this is my carry-on. Uh, yeah, yeah, you put it in like a fly fishing like rod <laughs> case or something, and you could buy it. Just buy the ticket. Name it. Exactly. Just put it next to me. <laughs> His name is Indy. Yeah. This is my emotional support pencil. Yeah. My emotional support pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. The other thing, I guess, wasn't really a present. Um, well, it was a present uh, from myself. But, um, you know, uh, Random Thinks, uh, Keith McCleary, um, in, our, in our group, and is pretty, pretty active on Instagram. Um, he sells these 3D printed pencil holders um, that are really, really cool. So um, he posted a couple on in the group, and they're kind of like, rainbow colored the 3d substrate that he uses um is uh just kind of prints out rainbow colors so i bought a couple of those i gave one to katie as a gift um and i kept one for myself uh super cool so um actually i think that um 
uh, Gary is going to sell them in Notegeist, which we'll, uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But um, yeah, check that out if you've never seen it before. should be on the Random Thanks Instagram. Um, Johnny, how about you? What is your what are your fresh points? Um, so I got a couple uh, stationary related Christmas presents, and my favorite one was from Frankie, which was one of those cool um, cedarwood uh, sliding pencil boxes from Musgrave, full of the Tennessee red cedar, which is like so effing awesome. Mm-hmm. So um, for people who don't know, this is the I think it's the only pencil in mass production that's made of Tennessee red cedar. It's like when you think of cedar and, you know, your rabbit's bed or your closet, it's that cedar. Hmm. So it's it's amazing. And the pencil is beautiful. The core is like seriously dark and very smooth, but not like it doesn't feel like a Japanese core. It feels like an American core. It's just it's awesome. I've been using it nonstop. Like this might be my new favorite pencil. I might have to buy like a crap ton of them. <laughs> and then um, I bought the extra buck. They sell them um, by the dozen for nine bucks, which for a premium pencil is a steal. And the um, the box sort of works like a matchbox, which is really cool. Did you all read Dade's uh, review of the um, Yeah, pencil? I was working yeah. on one and he scooped me. <laughs> Curse so like, you, Dade. And like his is too good. I'm not, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they also make the. Um, the uh, Musgrave, the Musgrave Harvest Pro in a box like that, which is made of incense cedar, and I had to buy myself a set of those because you know, why not? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, I guess we can we could jump the gun and say that's our pencil of the month this month. Yeah. So, um, get yours, and week of January twentieth, we're going to talk about them. I know they sell them on the Musgrave website today. Yeah, yeah. I sell yeah. the Musgrave website, but do they? Um, is CW Pencil selling them yet? Do you know? Oh, I don't think so yet. Check that out. Yeah, but um, they still say ship December sixteenth. When I bought them, my shipping was super fast and super cheap, which is awesome. And you know, it's Musgrave. They give you a little sample pack with their, with them, which is cool. And like you know, we've joked about Musgrave in the last six years, and sometimes they're um. Their way of doing things is kind of weird and old fashioned, but lately, like, they're really engaged. They're making new stuff. Their quality is getting way better. And, like, this is, like, downright innovative. This is just cool. Oh, yeah. Huge shout out to Nicole Delaware. I think that, yeah, you know, she's really done amazing things with Musgrave. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, A friend friend of mine got um, some Mitsubishis for Christmas or his birthday, I don't know, they were right next to each other, and he sent me a picture, so I sent him a link to the Tennessee Reds, I was like, check these out, he's like, holy crap, these are just perfect. Yep, they're awesome. So, um, yeah, get get your box, and, um, yeah, you can follow along, and while you're there, get some of the Musgrave, um, the Harvest Pros, they actually have a different core, they're really sweet, they're nice. Um, and my next fresh point involves my daughter who has taken up bullet journaling, which oh, is wow. really cool. So we went out and got um, a like term, which, you know, I just like, hey, pick a color. You know, good luck because they make like 50 colors. <laughs> and um, she got royal blue. So, like, she just doesn't give an F. Just writes in there, does what she wants. Last night we were chatting and she drew paw prints going across the page with a brush pen. I'm like, that's awesome. She's just using it in you know, it's letting it evolve, which makes me really happy because mine is just like, you know, one color and no drawings. 
Yeah. Um, and the opposite of that is the Empty Bottle, which is a bar in Chicago, their uh, custom field notes mm. that came out right before Christmas, much to a lot of people's chagrin with the way <laughs> they were shipped. So um, they they shipped the media mail, which apparently you can't do with blank notebooks, which we did with our Baron Fig notebooks. Shh, don't tell um, anybody. But I mean, we <laughs> we lost money shipping all those damn notebooks, so. Yeah. I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> but um, a lot of people's packages arrive with postage due. So, yeah. I mean, they, they apologize. It was obviously just a mistake. They weren't trying to rip anyone off. Or if they were, they did a good job of making it seem like they weren't. Um, <laughs> but they're they're really interesting. Apparently, the, the three-pack and the first one is um, like a recycled concert poster. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what mine is from, but it has October 4th in the front, which is my anniversary. So that's pretty cool. Did and you get the baby doll head ones? I really wanted like massive baby doll action, but like <laughs> one of mine has a little strip of baby doll heads. Uh, so like that's good enough, but I was tempted to buy more because I want like a lot of baby dolls. <laughs> like that should be one of my next tattoos. Oh, yes, it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are all my fresh points. So we have a little a little ad this week because our friend Gary Varner is reopening his stationery shop, Notegeist, which is super exciting. So this episode of Erasable is brought to you by Notegeist, an online curated stationery shop. You may remember Gary Varner from episode 18. My God, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Or if you're on the online stationery community, um, our group and Field Nuts, you've definitely encountered Gary before. And um, five years later, he's relaunching the shop. And it's been tirelessly looking for unique and hard-to-find stationary goods at reasonable prices. You'll find varieties like limited edition Blackwing volumes, pencils, and field notes editions. That's cool. And a broad range of Draplin Design Company merchandise. What's especially exciting to us is his collection of goods from small makers, like the colorful three different 3D printed pen and pencil stands from Random Things that Andy just mentioned, from our friend and community member Keith McCleary. Uh, Gary's shipping is to all of the U.S. plus selected international countries like Canada, Europe, China, Japan, Australia, and New Zealand, which is cool. Not everyone does that. The shop launches January 9th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So that's a couple days. Actually, yeah. if you're listening to this, it might be January 9th. So go to notegeist.com. That's N-O-T-E-G-E-I-S-T.com to check out the collection and sign up for updates, promotions, and more. And also, because we love you, if you're one of the first 40 Erasable listeners to place an order of at least $10 on Notegeist by January 16th, you can use the offer code Erasables with an S, and Gary will include a goodie bag with a Notegeist logo embossed field notes single, a natural Notegeist pencil, and one of the limited edition of 200 Notegeist sticker pack number one featuring cute little Notegeist ghosties. And the only way you can get these stickers is through the Erasables offer or to buy them in the shop, and once they're gone, they're gone. They're not going to make more. So remember that's notegeist.com and the offer code is erasables. And as a note, like Gary, let us look around the website before it was launched. And um, the yeah. the new Notegeist pencils are cedar this time. Yeah. Like totally naked cedar. Yeah. They look really good. I, I also love the little ghost logo. That's super cute. Yeah. Those are adorable. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like a, just a little Halloween every day. Yeah, there's there's some cool like random stuff in there. I wouldn't know where to buy otherwise, like collectible pencil tubes. Yeah, if you want to put your black wings or other pencils, and they that's have where, a couple different cap colors, so that's cool. That's where I, I did. I don't think he's offering this time around, but that's where I bought those little um, 
clear plastic sleeves that you can put like you know rare field notes in. To oh, yeah. cool! They're for baseball cards or something. Yeah, yeah, and I, I immediately bumped on the fact, and these will go fast, but he's got. Uh, in there, he's got Blackwing Cal Cedar commemorative pencils that he's selling oh, yeah. as, as singles, which is, I mean, not cheap, but also those are just such great pencils. And if you're looking to get one for your collection, uh, he's got a, a whole box and you know, in stock that he's selling individually. And then you can even buy the empty box if you want to get the empty box. Gary, uh, I thought you were going to uh, retire. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is it. It's those yeah. Blackwing Cal Cedar commemoratives. That's that's what's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's got the uh, Blackwing Black Friday special and the Blackwing Diana. If you didn't pick those up, yeah. singles of those. That's cool. Yeah, some cool field notes. I see uh, America the Beautiful you can get by single. And one of the ones that I'm kind of, I've got my eye on that I'm wondering about is the Coastal uh, edition because that's one that I never got. So I, oh, nice. interesting. Tempted to uh, pick up one of those myself and uh and also the other one the, actually the big one for me uh aside from that is the dime novel i never got dime novel and that was one that i i oh. I, I dreaded that i missed out on and so he's got some of those available so there's a lot, Gary's a lot got of cool stuff. yeah awesome i see he's got singles of most of the blackwing volumes too which is awesome mm-hmm. tempting tempting <laughs> All right, so let's get our guest, Mr. Brian Manning, on the phone. So we'll be two East Coast, two West Coast folks, and we can get started talking about bookstores. Now we are going to jump into our main topic, where we're going to be joined by Brian Manning, owner of Revolutions Bookshop in Portland, Oregon, and also my roommate in college before social media. So we have no secrets. (laughs) So, hey, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Or you can can say whatever you want about Johnny. Nobody's listening. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't back it up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, um, after dark, Johnny Gamber libel session. There we go. All kinds of crazy things. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, Q and A, did Johnny really do this? Yes or no? Well, can I tell the story? How early did uh, he start using the Dr. Claw? (laughs) The first time I saw Johnny, you guys want to hear that story? Absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah. We were were in college. We were taking that music, what, like music for plants. I don't know. We were in that weird music (laughs) class. Oh, that's sad. And it was at that weird outbuilding because they were doing construction. And I just remember him. He used to smoke at the time. And uh, you were in class, and I was friends with Ari already. Or uh, was it? Was that his name, Johnny? What was his uh, name? I think you pronounced it Ari. Ari, that's right. And uh, and you were just messing around. This is before class, and he asked you for a lighter or something, or I don't know. He was giving you back a lighter, and you were like, "Thanks." And you're like, "Ooh, I really like your sweater." And you kind of caught his sweater on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it just ran up his sleeve. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh and i was like wow that guy is crazy and funny i like him. <laughs> like do you have a roommate yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please, do, do you want to be friends because I, I like playing with fire too <laughs> i've never played with fire in my life wow <laughs> uh, so that was yeah that was johnny back in the day <laughs> i denied it he, he set this podcast on fire like six or seven times already so <laughs> 
<laughs> Andy and Tamara are gonna be disappointed when they come to town and I'm so mild mannered. <laughs> you're, you're just gonna be like, "Hey guys, it's coffee time! Come on!" Yeah. yeah. Would you guys like cream in your coffee? <laughs> Brian visited me you once. Haven't lit, you, you haven't lit a single thing on fire. Congratulations. <laughs> Oh. So, um, speaking of uh, old secrets and lifestyles, can you tell us, Mr. Brian, a little yeah. about yourself? Um, I guess as personal as you want to go. Sure. Yeah. I well, uh, I hail from Baltimore, more specifically Dundalk, Dundalkon, and uh, yeah, it's crazy that a lot of people joke, "Oh, you own a bookstore now, and you're from Dundalk." Those two things are apparently don't go together. But I love my home hometown. And uh, yeah, I'm living in Portland, Oregon. I've been out here several, well, like 14, maybe 16 years. Um, so not I'm, I'm a transplant, but I'm starting to have spent more time on the West Coast than East Coast or starting yeah. to add up those years. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I have a lovely wife and two kids and yeah, just living the life. Awesome. Yeah. So um, one thing that I noticed when researching uh, researching for this is that you've written a few pieces on Pencil Revolution, which is a this little pencil blog that you know pops up every now and then. Um, mm -hmm. What what is it about pencils that that draw your interest? Uh, well, I mean, really, I, Johnny was the one that was like, pencils are awesome. I think you started getting into them back in. I mean, he was always into what he was writing with. And then he got me into like, I remember Johnny, you like when the gel pens first came out and you were oh, like, yeah. Oh, look at these <laughs> things. I mean, of course this is like the dinosaur age, but, uh, and then, you know, being good friends with Johnny and a roommate, he started lending me stuff uh, to write with. I was writing poetry at the time. And of course, term papers and I kind of sprouted from there. And eventually when Johnny got into pencils, he started hooking me up with pencils but I think pencils specifically, what I'm drawn to is just their simplicity, um, their easy ability to edit. Um, and I really like that you can, um, the meditative process of sharpening them. There's something, mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. A lot of people feel really slowed down by sharpening and like they can't get it, get it out fast enough. But I think that's really great. I, I like being able to just stop and kind of recollect my thoughts and while I'm sharpening. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. In Baltimore, you worked uh, apparently at the reference desk at the Enoch Pratt Library's main branch, and now you own a bookstore. So, uh, what is it about books that makes them want to be the kind of core of your your life's work? Um, I, I mean, I just I think that books it, it's maybe a cliche, but you know, <laughs> they. The ideas and the perspectives, the different ideas, things that maybe you never would have thought of on your own, and the perspectives that people introduce um, in books or through books can really change lives. And um, I mean, I think Descartes said it best when he said that, you know, reading or what we're when we're reading someone's thoughts it's basically the best they have to offer it's our mm -hmm. our thoughts have been condensed down and uh they're sharing them with us through this form and and uh, yeah and and for instance there's that that scene in um 
Wings of Desire. Do you guys? It was later made into that horrible Nicolas Cage film, the American version. Do you guys know <laughs> the movie I'm talking about? About the angel that falls in love with the woman and then becomes human. Oh yeah, no. yeah. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So th- there's that whole that whole movie, the original, the Wings of Desire, the German one, is is just beautiful, and it has a lot to do with literature. And there's a there's a scene in there where the angel they the angels spend a lot of time at the libraries like they can hear the humans thoughts they can and it's just I think it's really indicative of how that's maybe in my opinion are are one of our highest forms of of what we're bringing to the universe. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. I, I didn't write it. I'm just. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> tomorrow is my my first day back teaching, where I try to get them like all hooked on a book on the first day. So I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, even better, you should show them the scene. It's just, it's just so cool. Yeah. It's just all these angels. It's in black and white. I mean, it's just. And if you haven't seen the film, I highly recommend it. It's got a young Nick Cave, Nick Cave in it, uh, doing his things, and it has uh, Columbo. What's his name? Uh, Oh, so Peter, Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Yep. And Peter yeah. Falk so plays a. Mm-hmm. Nick Cave is in the original, and Nick Cage is in the the remake. <laughs> yes. Good point. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, the, the Goo Goo Dolls song in the um. Soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. Um. So, you are in Portland, Oregon, home also to Slow Jane. Um, our friend, uh, Mr. Aaron Draplin, uh, who hey. he said, um, one day we'll have on the podcast. So there's a huge bookstore in Portland that lots of people that have never been to Portland like me know about called Powell's. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to open a small bookshop in the same city as Powell's? Like where do you, where does revolutions fit in, in the Portland area? Yeah, that's a great question. Powell's is big. It's, uh, I mean, it's like a city block, the one downtown, and there there are other ones located throughout the different municipalities of Multnomah County. Uh, there's even some at the airport. So, um, but Powell's is like a whale, and my shop or our shop, because it's my wife and my shop, we're more like a minnow. So we're just kind <laughs> of we're just following along with the whale. Uh, I was talking to somebody recently, and they had a great point that Powell's. Uh, that Portland is considered a city that reads very many smart people here. Uh, Powell's brings in all of the authors. There's so many events. If you go to Powell's website, you'll see everybody of renown, George Sanders to everybody. And they come here and do these readings and it kind of creates this fertile soil for other things to to pop up. Uh, So I, I think at least my theory is we've only been open a month and a half so far, but that I live in St. John's uh, neighborhood, which is uh, if, if you guys ever look at like, um, like a decal or, you know, Portland's called the city of bridges. Cause there's like 11, 13 bridges, whatever throughout that runs along the city uh, crossing the Willamette. Um, and St. John's is like the northern, one of the more northern points, and it has the St. John's Bridge. And the St. John's Bridge has become synonymous with the emblem of Portland for some reason, even though we're like way north. And a lot of people don't go north that this far. It's mm-hmm. become this symbol of Portland. Um, 
And I, I just, I like being a little neighborhood bookshop. I think that every good neighborhood should have a little neighborhood bookshop, just like there should be a good pub on every corner. There should be a bodega. There should be a good bookshop that you can run to when you have to get a present, have an existential crisis, you know, <laughs> the, need your, need your kid to read something new. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I love my neighborhood bookshop. This is down the hill from my house. I've bought well, so many little presents there. It's called, um, it's a, a, it's a San Francisco chain. So only in the Bay area, it's called books Inc. Okay. And yeah, it's, it's really great. They have, um, just like super local, um, Super local books as well as just a lot of, you know, bestsellers and, you know, things they've been selling for a while. So it's really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So you've, um, I didn't realize that you've only been open for a couple months. Yeah, we, we opened uh, November 22nd and we did it in a hurry. It, it spawned out of um, a couple things. Mostly it spawned out of an existential crisis myself. <laughs> I was I was taking the H and R block tax course because I do bookkeeping, and I was like, I wanted to maybe branch out. And I was probably three weeks into this tax course, and I was really not enjoying it. I was just like, I don't want to do this with my life. And uh, I was in St. John's at my favorite coffee shop, and I glanced across the street. Uh, one morning when I was really feeling low and like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I saw this little space available. It's uh, 400 square feet. It's very small. Uh, it used to be Wayne, the barber shop. He was there for 40 some years. And uh, I, he was like kind of a mascot of St. John's. And I thought, wow, that space is available. That price is amazing. I want to do this. I talked to my wife, Peggy, and she said, call the call the landlord right now and i met with him hmm. like i think that day or the i think it was that day that afternoon and yeah it just kind of wow. blossomed from there we we only had a month to put it together we cuz uh our neighbor uh at the shop next door she suggested november 22nd and uh we signed the lease october 16th and <laughs> we we you know my wife wow. works I know my wife works work full time at a hospital. I work part time bookkeeping at a nonprofit. We have kids, we have dogs, we have lots of responsibilities. And I really, I, I think it's mostly due to my wife, but we just power, it just became our passion and we just took it on. Have an existential crisis, uh, open a bookshop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the remedy yet, but it, uh, <laughs> it, it at least. I'll be. Soothe it for a moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be watching this very closely because when I found out about like you from Johnny and that we're doing this, that we're going to get to talk to you, I live in a town, uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, which is like 60,000 people. It's a oh, decent wow. sized wow. town. And we do not have a bookstore. We have one. Wow. We have, it's a college town. We have a East That's Tennessee crazy. State University is here. We have one used bookstore that's kind of like yeah. a, half price books kind of place okay it's, so it's like remainders or stuff like that yeah, yep uh, they don't they don't carry new books right. unless people sell them to them and so like i have been thinking for years because like when people ask me what's the one thing that you would like to do <laughs> my answer is always like well i'd like to open a bookstore but you know i don't i don't know right. how i would do that and so like right. when i found out about this i was like oh my god and, and my, <laughs> my my sister actually lives in uh newburg oregon uh-huh yeah 
and yeah, and she she teaches at uh, George Fox, and so she's been like <laughs> for months trying to like help me figure out like what would this bookstore be like, like what would it need to be, and so I'm like when uh, I when I yeah. found found out we were doing this, I was like yeah yeah no pressure, but I'm going to be basing the rest <laughs> of my life on how this how this goes for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we we are primarily used, but we do have some mm -hmm. new titles. There's some stuff we can't keep in used, or I can't find used. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, 400 square feet, we're definitely. Um, but there's a couple things I say, but usually I say we're small, but we we're selective and we pack a punch. Um, yeah. yeah, and people come in and say, "Wow, you're very well curated." Um, but for instance, books that I carry new that I, I do find used, but they usually just fly off the shelf when they're used price is Dune, any more commie books, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Octavia Butler, uh, Ursula Le Guin, who's, you know, a patron yeah. of uh, Portland here. Um, and there's a bunch of other stuff. Um, so, yeah, but I, I do like the used aspect. We do carry some new stuff, though, and especially we've been focusing lately on trying to carry small press local stuff. That's awesome, and I and I, I didn't mean that to mean that like used is not the way to go. Because I mean, I I shop at this place like twice a week, but I like I'm actually curious to ask you now that you're saying you're describing mm -hmm. all this stuff you carry. How do you find good used books? Like, how do you target that, or where do you look to to acquire right. the stock for your store if you're doing used books? Well, now you're you're asking me to reveal my tricks. No, no, oh, okay. No, no, no. We'll talk after. We'll talk after. I, I, I can tell you. Like, you know what's a really good resource? Because because uh, Oregon is so, and I, I don't know, it's maybe just the Northwest or maybe it's the West Coast. I mean, there's just so many books. People read so many, so much here. Uh, a really good resource is uh, library sales. And library sure, sales sure. typically happen in the at least here they happen at the in the fall and then again in the spring and sometimes sporadically they're they're in the winter and stuff like that and there's a good website i can tell you about um to look to actually find your area and you can find book library book sales that are occurring um Very cool. yeah i'm going to go to mcminnville this weekend for instance because it was a great library sale several months ago and they're having it again so I'm going to hit that up. Um, there's also something here called the Portland bins. I, I don't like going too much, but are you, are you, do you guys have the Portland bins? Like, do you down in San Francisco have the bins? Or the um, I hmm. don't think so. Maybe. I, if, if we do, I'm not familiar with them. You guys should look into it because usually they're, they occur at epicenters or like cities. So it's basically like... Um, it's like a warehouse for Goodwill. They bring out all these things in bins and you literally go through it. So there's like bins of books and huh. it's like you just dig into it. Um, so that's I hit that up sometimes L lately. Of course, people have been bringing stuff in because I offer store credit or a little bit of cash. Um, but yeah, hmm. I, I'd say libraries or uh, library book sales have been my savior. That's interesting. Cool. Awesome. So, so do you have a, a subject that's kind of your area of focus, or do, do you have like a like a niche that you're that you're focusing on within Portland? Yeah, I mean, I think because we are only four hundred square feet, I should say we're used books. We have so, some new stuff, as I mentioned, and some local newer stuff. But we also have uh, records, like used vinyl. Uh, and it's just a small selection of used vinyl. Um, 
uh, to just kind of give us a little bit of diversity. And it, actually, it it harkens back to my favorite bookshop in Baltimore, which is Normals. And they, yeah, Normals has, you know, amazing selection of records and books. They're way bigger than us. They're awesome. And if you, when you guys go, Johnny has to take you to Normals. Definitely. Um, But as far as what we try to carry, we try to just cast a wide net. Um, So we carry like literature. We have, uh, because our name is Revolutions, we have like leftist writings like Emma Goldman, Occult stuff sells really well, which is cool because that stuff I think is interesting, like occult, esoteric, weird stuff. Tarot tarot cards are on fire out here right now, as well as witchcraft, um, uh, writing and philosophy, and like I said, local stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. Cool. So opening a bookstore in the age of Amazon can't be and it has to be like kind of an intimidating task to take on because uh people hey, need a reason hey. to Amazon have you have you heard of it have you heard of I, it? I, what I, the hell I, what the I, hell is that it's .com yeah, .com at the end of it yeah I'm glad I'm glad you're pronouncing it I always thought it was Amazon <laughs> it's, it's, it's Amazon Amazon <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, it can't be easier it can be intimidating because you're trying to figure out like what can bring people instead of buying these books in their house what's going to bring them to your store so what are what are some of the difficulties that you've had to deal with in opening a small store so far um yeah in in this age well i mean that's a great question when i would we you know in the process of putting the you know once we signed the lease and i'm like okay we're doing this and we start trying to get fixtures and you know, all this rigmarole and of course acquire books for it. Um, you know, I start saying crazy things like, do people even read anymore? I don't, it's just a crazy idea, <laughs> but you know, we just had this like faith, like if you build it, they will come. We're really lucky because where we're located in St. John's, St. John's uh, has like a strip, like an old school, kind of like an old school town. It just has this main avenue. And so it's like this main artery and we're on that. So for instance, for the Christmas season, we had a lot of uh, foot traffic and we did very little, if any, advertising. We just opened one day and people just started coming in and it helped, of course, that we opened during the holiday season. People are hunting for the perfect gift for themselves and other people. And uh, yeah, but Amazon, of course, is, I, it's, it's daunting how, it, how stifling it is. And it's, it's, it's affecting everything. Uh, I, I joined a local with the St. John's Boosters. It's basically all the little uh, neighborhood um, businesses come together and we, you know, ha- have a little talk about, well, oh, what are we doing? Let's promote this. Let's come together and do the tree lighting and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a owner that owns Ace Hardware there that does, you know, I thought pretty well, but even he's intimidated by Amazon. It's just, it's just so ubiquitous now. Mm-hmm. But I think what storefronts have um, is, of course, the buy local. And I think as climate changes and things get really bad, we're going to need to be able to get provisions closer to home. We can't be relying on things that are coming from so far away to get to us. Um, Of course, that's a more dire thing, you know, just in a very, you know, 
happy sense. I, I think that there, when, especially when it comes to books, there's something about walking into a bookstore. Hopefully you've created the right environment that's welcoming. There's something about picking up books, looking, you know, just browsing and being immersed in them. And there's something about seeing a book that you're like, oh, I was looking for this, or I was looking for something like this, or I had no idea there was a book like this. Any of those, I hope, and it seems to be working is a good formula for enticing people to keep coming to a store. Cool. So, um, uh, should I frame this? You know, uh, stationery is on the rise. You know, obviously we have a podcast about pencils and people listen to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's sort of this, like, not like backlash, but a return to like really interesting things that started going away a little bit, like paper and nice pencils, nice pens. So, you know, small independent bookstores are actually on the rise these days. Why do you think mm -hmm. that is? Yeah, I mean, I I think it could be the climate we're in. It could be that everyone's always on a device. And so um, my wife, is. she's very convinced that people are, are actually tired of getting all their information from devices, that we, we're being so inundated by these things that it's nice to put them down and returned to the simple format of holding a pencil, writing out something long form, and holding a book. Um, but, you know, it's happening in a lot of different forms. I, I don't know about, like, for instance, uh, film, you know, like camera film, but there is a Blue Moon camera in St. John's. It it's, does really well for itself, It's and it processes film camera, or, um, yeah, film from cameras. Um, and of course, you guys probably also heard that vinyl did really well last year, apparently outsold CDs, which I mean, who buys CDs anymore? But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why things are taking this turn. There is something, I think, in us that we like tactile things, you know, we like holding things. There's something um, very securing and we, we can communicate with it better i feel like than a screen that is glaring at you that's my theory so speaking of which um i do have to you know admit that i i i like to you know read a couple books at once sometimes and because of that i really like to read ebooks e um mm -hmm. yeah so i i know that like you know barnes and noble and amazon and the big companies kind of have a Kind of a hold on the distribution of ebooks. Um, I try to get mine through um, through OverDrive in the library sometimes. But yeah, um, mm -hmm. is is there is there room in the world for ebooks um, when we want indie indie bookstores to prosper? Is there is there a way that you see someday for for ebooks like to co to coexist with independent bookstores? Uh, I mean, they're doing it now, from what I can tell. Uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I am not, that is to say, I, you know, diversity is the flavor of life or what have, whatever that saying is. But um, I, I also have a, a ebook reader. I use it when I travel, like I, I do bike packing. And so I do overnight camping. And uh, especially if it's like going to be a couple nights uh, overnight camping. And it's just nice to, um, it helps me fall asleep if I read. So I, I might take my e-reader with me. Um, you know, but, you know, e-readers do have their drawbacks. You can't, you can't 
share a book. Um, you know, it's it's the same old thing that we've heard for years. Um, you, you can't gift it or borrow it easily. And there's something, at least from what I saw this holiday season, it seems alive and well that people like finding books that they loved or they think somebody else will love and and buying a copy and giving it to them and saying, mm. I, I was thinking mm. of you. Um, apparently, somebody even told me this amazing thing that uh, in Iceland, uh, there's a word for it. Like in Christmas time, it's like that's all they give is is books. And it's like hmm. there's a ter- term for it, like boat book or it's like a, a boat full of books. I don't. And it just hmm. sounded beautiful to me that this I, I wish that our culture would adopt this instead of giving uh, each other all these like frivolous things. Oh. Let's all just give each other books. It's, it's yeah. Jolapa, I'm not going to pronounce that. <laughs> the, Christ, the Christmas book flood. Yeah. Oh, did you find it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. So I'm not making it up. But no, um, no, no. Just, just I wanted to know back, how to spell it. Sorry. Getting back to your point, really quickly. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I like, I have an ebook. It kind of freaks me out. I'm a very slow reader, and it freaks me out that I, I'm sure there's a way to turn it off. But my Kindle tells me. This is how many more hours of reading you have. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, this this is how far you are in the book. I I mean I really prefer um, like holding the book and like yeah. weighing it and being like, oh yeah, I'm I'm almost through with this sucker and I've taken all this in. You don't get that with a Kindle. Instead, I, I feel like it's always judging me. <laughs> I, I did. Um, I did read I the, used... the uh, Steve Jobs. Uh, biography that Walter Isaacson wrote on that was the first book I ever read in a Kindle, and I I had no idea how thick it was, and I remember completing <laughs> it and going into the bookstore and seeing like, man, that is a thick book, and just thinking, just feeling proud of myself for yeah. having read the whole damn thing. <laughs> I, the, I think... when I first mm-hmm. oh sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. Well, I, I was my first Kindle. I got uh, the, just like the basic Kindle. It used to drive me crazy that the percentage was at the bottom of the page and so i had to like i had a case for it and so i had to find a wide enough rubber band that i could put around (laughs) it to to cover up the page number before i put my case on because i didn't want to see that stupid percentage point I would just my eyes would just keep floating down to that percentage point, like oh, still twenty three percent, still yeah. 24 percent, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like that when you have a really long book. It, it really, and especially if you're a slow reader, it's it's kind of like you're barely mm. ever moving along. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it totally. I, I think the ebooks are fine and dandy, but there's also something about it that. I, I don't feel like they're they're my books. It's like that's the same reason why I'd rather own vinyl than buy, you know, a CD. Well, not CD in that case, but I mean, buy something digitally. I don't even like buying movies digitally online or anything like that. It's just, it's just something for me. I'm just old school, like Johnny referenced. You know, we're pretty old. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Speak for I, yourself. <laughs> I, I just... I just like looking at, you know, and saying, oh, yeah, those are my books and I can give them away or I can, you know, I don't ever really feel like anything I buy f- through Amazon or through ebooks is genuinely mine. I even when I was taking classes, uh, I was taking p- classes at PCC uh, last year for accounting and stuff. And I downloaded textbooks. I bought them. I don't know where they are. They're somewhere in the ether. I'd have to like <laughs> go through this whole rigmarole of like, where are these things, and what do I do with them? So that's just my two cents. Yeah, 
And Amazon could just take them away if they wanted to. Yeah. That's- yeah. Jo- Johnny reads his does- book on tablets. No, no, stone tablets. <laughs> I, I've never read an ebook before. Yeah. I had no idea some- they did that. There is something <laughs> to be said, though. I mean, if we're going to go into like a little bit of a serious note, and that is about, you know, altering text, how easy it is to, you know, if everything were to go digital, uh, that's that's kind of freaky, um, yeah. you know. So there is there is something about having something written down on paper that makes it a little more concrete and permanent. Yeah, I've had a couple books on Amazon that um, I would get like a like a notification, like hey, like some this content has been you know updated to you know correct an error or to do something, and that's always felt a little uneasy. Like yeah, Ooh, that's <laughs> weird. Little little revisionist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean and. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen in general. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, the. Uh, while we don't have a good bookstore here in town that I that I really love in Asheville, I, North Carolina, there's one called Malaprops. Oh, that's and, a great name. That's a great yeah, name, and uh, that's our favorite. Whenever we go to uh, Asheville, we always visit Malaprops, and Malaprops has some sort of setup through. I don't know if it's in, I forget if it's IndieBound or something. I haven't done it in a while, but. You can buy ebooks from Malaprops. Ooh, where like, wow, that's good to know. Where if you like route it through this website and like say like Malaprops is my bookstore, that they get a cut of, which was I always I thought was pretty cool. So yeah, that it's a little clun- cool. it'll, it's a little clunkier. You know, you actually get the file, which also is a little better because you have like the actual EPUB file, and then you have to add it directly to your to your Kindle instead of just it just popping up automatically from Amazon. But even that little bit of added process makes it seem a little more like you have some ownership over the oh yeah and and you're helping out you're helping out a local shop which is awesome i I had never heard of that i would gladly go through those extra steps in order to help a local bookstore yeah but you you do you guys hear about the you know what libraries are having to go through fighting with these book distributors oh yeah yeah. With their loan periods, and they're trying to put all these stipulations on it. And yeah, that's it's become, a huge argument. Yeah, it's like, becoming really bizarre, and yeah. and and it's really a clash of cultures there. You know, because I, the librarians, they they believe in freedom of thought. That you know, they want. And I do too. You should, books should be able to be gotten somewhat easily. And these, yeah, the eBooks are not very democratic, in my opinion, for that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So in general, what would you say is so far your favorite thing about owning this bookshop? Oh, I, I, you know, I, I think it's nice when I first get there and I, I just like walk into it and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is my shop and, uh, surrounded by books that, and there's something great about being surrounded by books and being like, this is where I'm going to hang out today. I'm going to, this is where I'm going to be, and I really enjoy that. Of course, there's always the aspect of somebody coming in and uh, looking for a particular type of book, and even if you don't have a specific book, you can maybe direct them to something that's similar, and I really like that feeling of somebody walking away happy and being like, oh, this is awesome. I, I really appreciate this, and I can't wait to come back. Hmm. That's awesome. So um, you mentioned normals in Baltimore, where we're definitely going to have to go when Andy and Tim come in, um, mm-hmm. which sort of sits, you know, between a cool neighborhood and like a neighborhood that's not doing so well. 
But yeah, it's been there for thirty, like three decades, almost. It's going on to the fourth decade. So, you know, mm-hmm. it serves as a, an anchor for the neighborhood. And then we have a famous bookstore in Baltimore called Ivy Books, which is like the literary center of Baltimore with the caliber of people they get in. So, mm-hmm. what and what role in general do you think independent bookstores play in um, maybe contemporary society and maybe especially American society? That's a great question. I mean, because Obviously, they're not a library. There's something very democratic about libraries. But I think bookstores offer uh, um, the ability to actually, there's something nice about owning a book. Like I've mentioned, I'm a very slow reader. So, you know, if I want to read a really big book, I'm probably going to have to buy it (laughs) and take it home. (laughs) Uh, But there's also um, bookshops do have that as you mentioned, Johnny, they're like a a hub. They, I've already noticed with just opening our little bookshop that uh, the Bohemians, the artists, the the I would say the cool people started coming out right away to welcome us and uh, try to help us in different ways. And um, and there's something really neat about that. Just this how they are, are a beacon of light and maybe these dark times. Um, yeah, I don't know if that specifically answers your question, but we just yeah. had our first we had our first event this past uh, weekend. It was three poets that read, and they were amazing. You, granted, we're very small. We had like twenty five attendees, and you know maybe we could have fit another ten people. That's it. <laughs> but uh, th- and we're gonna have more events. We're gonna have uh, a class on mycology in a few weeks for people that are interested in mushrooms which are another really hot thing here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think there's something about um, local bookshops that offer um, that to the community as well. That's really cool. Um, What is one of the weirdest or most surprising requests that you've gotten for stocking a book in the store so far? Oh, I, geez, I, you know, (laughs) I don't, I can't think of one thing specifically. I mean, uh, one person asked about the Kama Sutra, which ironically I haven't come across used and I don't know if I'd want to. (laughs) (laughs) Why is this sticky? (laughs) What's wrong with these pages? Uh, But, um, (laughs) sorry. Uh, and it's okay but uh uh during the christmas season what i thought was funny and it kind of shocked me at first some people came into the shop and they and i was like hey you know i always greet them and i say let me know if you're looking for anything and a couple people like they were just dropping off a load of laundry to you they would just like start giving you a description of somebody (laughs) like (laughs) Well, he's in his 50s and he's a hardcore sci-fi addict, so he's read all of that. So, but, you know, what, what else do you have that he might be into? And so I, I really dug it after a while. It became a cool challenge. I, I, yeah. I like that. Like, it was like a game, like, oh, well, what can we find that yeah. your we have weird a, uncle would be into? We have a bookstore in San Francisco called Borderlands, which is a pretty well-known uh, science fiction bookstore. And... Mm-hmm. The guy, um, science fiction and mystery and horror. The guy who um, 
uh, often works the front desk is just like the best curator of that. Like, hey, I'm looking for something that's like hard sci-fi, maybe time travel related, and like mm-hmm. would appeal to this. And this, boom, they have it. They have like a recommendation for you. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's what I mean. Th- there's a close line. You ca- obviously you can't have read everything in the bookstore, but you have to have a good grasp of what is in the bookstore, and you can at least point people. Um, you know, you're like people's Virgil to use the divine comedy reference. You're, you're just trying to guide them through the way and say, Hey, this might work and let's go this way. Um, but you know, there is one book I have in stock that I could tell you guys about. I don't know if this is plays into your question at all, but I have a 1979 dungeon masters guide on display behind oh, wow. my counter wow. yeah. and D and D people really love that stuff. I don't know. I've never played D and D, but they really love it. And so, you know, it's it's something that gets a lot of oh, that's cool, and people look at it. But um, yeah, that's that that's pretty fun. Cool, nice. So you've you've got books, but when are you going to start stocking stationery and pencils at, at Revolution? Mm-hmm. When or if? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I have uh, I have aspirations to do so. Like I said, we we opened so quickly. There were some things that kind of had to f- just fall by the wayside. I do have um, like <laughs> a, a little spin tray uh, at my front counter, and it's filled with uh, kind of inspired by Johnny a little bit. It's filled with I have like fun erasers, like you know, just like UFO erasers. I have uh, some pencil sharpeners i don't have any pencils yet however i do have uh i did come across some great handmade um uh blank journals that were you somebody took uh some old books that were probably no good anymore and made them into blank journals so i have those um i do want to get some pencils though so i'm trying to figure out who my stationary supplier should be oh we should talk to musgrave you get some like cool custom action going oh yeah oh yeah yeah i would love that so um we have books we have pencils now the other thing we like to know about is coffee so (laughs) in the uh hotly contested uh pacific northwest coffee market what is your best recommendation for coffee in portland Mm -hmm. that's a good question i mean stumptown is a is a long time you know it's been around for years. It's but Stumptown. I think it's national now. Do you guys? Do you any of you guys have Stumptown? Yeah, like we have. Oh, yeah, Baltimore. yeah uh, Pete, Pete's bought them. What? Yeah. See, that's oh, where I'm that's like, yeah, they're owned by Pete's now. Yeah, that's where I'm a little bit like, is it really Portland anymore? But however, there is one on Belmont. Uh, it's a street here in Portland, and I really still love there. It was the first place when I got off a plane. Uh, my friend took me. I said, I need a coffee. She took me to Belmont and I got Stumptown coffee there. And I still love their coffee there. Uh, I'm working down the street f- currently from a place that also brews, uh, roasts its own coffee. And that's called Cellar Door. I like their coffee. Mm-hmm. And But my, my hometown favorite uh, is right across the street from Revolutions. And that's uh, Affogato. And so, uh, do you guys know about the Italian affogados? What they are? I do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do you Do you want to describe it to the audience? Um, what is an affogato? It was. It's a. It's like a shot of espresso over ice cream. Right. What? Right. Yeah. Tr- yeah. You, 
you can get gelato and yeah. they make they make their own gelatos there. Now, granted, in the morning I'm not going there and getting the gelato, <laughs> but yeah. you know yeah. they still have a affogato there in St. John's. In my opinion, has the best coffee. Yeah. Um, in it's, North Portland, it's really good at um yeah, like the the flavors together just work work really well. Oh yeah, you get yeah. like a cookies and cream gelato or something with yeah. your espresso over it. Mm, so yeah. good. Oh my Actually, God. first time I ever had a uh, nitro cold brew was at the uh, first time in Portland. I was at the Portland, uh, oh, the, the stump town on third street. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? It's a beer tap, but with coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and it just blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it is very, uh, very coffee. You know, this yeah. town has a lot of, well, here's the funny thing. It has a lot of bookshops, believe it or not. I didn't mention that. It's a lot of little bookshops around, even though yeah. there's pals. Uh, they all specialize in something different. There's a lot of strip clubs. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of micro There's a lot of pocket notebook companies out there. Scout books. Yeah. Grappling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so, Leathermints uh, are made here, and so are yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's that really cool um, cast iron company that's based in Portland. Um, can't think of what oh, it's I called. Oh, Lodge. Yeah, I think Lodge is based. Oh, I didn't know that. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know well, that. I should. Cool. Citation need, needed. I should look that up. <laughs> uh, uh, while we're looking that up, Brian, what um, what are you what are you reading right now? Oh, oh I'm, no. I'm, real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was wrong. It is made in Tennessee. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Tennessee. Yeah. So, sorry, Tim. I didn't mean to subvert. No. <laughs> Whatever, Wellfleet. <Yeah. laughs> Damn West Coasters. Yeah. Hey, Tim, okay. I, lo- I love Tennessee. I have to oh. say, I've, I, I've been to Knoxville, and I just, I just love that Knoxville for some reason. That was years ago, but yeah. I love Tennessee. I'm coming around in Tennessee too. I didn't grow up here, but I like it. So, okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Brian, what have you been reading lately? Oh yeah. That was the question. I, uh, I've been reading Octavia Butler's kindred. Uh, I just read that recently. Oh man. It's, it's good. It's a little dark. So sometimes I have trouble reading that before bed. Um, but I always have like a, I have also at the shop right now. I always have, like you mentioned before, um, Andy. I have multiple books always going at once. So at the yeah. shop, I've been reading Elaine De Button's um, book on. Uh, I think it's called On Anxiety or something. It's about s- social anxiety or like status. That's it. Status mm. anxiety. Um, mm. Yeah. I also have some tarot card books picked out that I need to, because tarot cards, like I mentioned, are so hot right now. I think there was even an article written about it, how people are using them for more of psychological guidance, not not for like psychic things, but more for psychological things. And so they're very hot right now. So I want to understand how they work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, you know, uh, kind of to piggyback on that for a final question as a, a owner of a fine bookstore, can you recommend a few books to us for maybe like that are, that are particularly good for winter reading? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good curveball. Uh, <laughs> well, um, you know, have any of you read Dune? I've tried, I've tried to read Dune about six or seven times. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am also negligent, but it's also on my list because it's such a hot seller. And I recently 
uh, I think there's like a TED talk. They do a little video on why you should read Dune. And I watched that and I was like, oh, this sounds fascinating. Um, so Dune might be a good one to turn to. Uh, have any of you guys read, uh, of course, this is still on the sci-fi event, uh, any of our uh, Ursula Le Guin? Who... I, I just a few months ago reread The uh, Left Hand of Darkness, which is like right yeah, after that... yeah, yeah, which is really great. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, it depends on what you're you're looking for for your winter. Some people really just want that hulking big book that they've been putting off. So then, you know, maybe Infinite Jest is the one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I've, I've uh, gotten through the first that's third like, of that's... June like three or four times, and I just can't. It's just so thick. <laughs> it's yeah. you know, yeah. Well, it's it infinite be... Jest, man. Yeah, yeah, that's like, that's like a, a, a option for this winter and next winter. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I, you know, it's tricky when people come in. The big, the biggest curveball I find is when people say they want something more lighthearted, but literature. And if you think about it, a lot of literature is not lighthearted, or I don't think it is. That's a why lot it's of literature. It's, yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever heard of uh, my my personal one of my top five? Uh, and this will be my last recommendation is Flan O'Brien. Uh, he's, he was Irish and he wrote in the, you know, he was like, I think when James Joyce was around, he was writing, but he wrote this book called the third policeman, which is really cool, funny, surreal. Um, it starts out with this guy that kills another guy by taking a heavy, like an old bicycle pump that's heavy metal, lead or whatever, and hitting them over the skull and kills them. And that kind of just takes off from there. And that's mm. one of my favorite books. Wow. I'll check that out. That sounds really interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a fun one. Yeah. Well, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, are you uh, kidding me? Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. yeah I've, been, I've been bugging you since the podcast started. To be on the podcast, <laughs> like you should do it. You should do it. Six years like, later, but, like but it would be I, fun. What was I going to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. Pencils, books. I like <laughs> pencils and books. Yeah. <laughs> College. Yeah, I, I have more stories. I could tell the birdhouse no. story. Oh God! <laughs> yes. No, I can't. Whatever it is, yes. I, that is, that is not safe for for uh, families. No, that is definitely NC seventeen R or something. Yeah. Oh my God, I blocked that out. <laughs> I, Johnny, thanks to you, I can never block it out. I still have trouble eating Boston cream donuts. Thank oh you. my God. <laughs> so on that note, um, Brian, can you tell folks where they can find you? and your fine bookstore on the internet and social media? Uh, well, because we are Luddites, we're still working on our webpage, <laughs> but we, uh, we are on Instagram. You can follow us on Revolutions Bookshop on Instagram. Uh, and uh, yeah, otherwise just come visit us when you're in Portland, in North Portland, uh, 8713 North Lombard Street, across from Affogato and the movie theater. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Yeah, thank so you. Great. Yeah, sweetness. So we're gonna log off also for the podcast. All we right. are the Erasable Podcast. You can find us on the internet at erasable.us and on all fine podcast providers. My favorite being Spotify. Um, you can find us on social media at 
Erasable Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. You can check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Erasable, which is... I uh, actually got an email from Facebook. They said it's the best book, best group on Facebook. So, yay! Ooh. Thanks, guys. Finally, finally official. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got a letter. It was on letterhead from Cambridge Analytics and everything. So, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can follow our sort of official mouthpiece, the Facebook page at facebook.com/slash erasable podcast. Um, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash erasable. And of course, if you find yourself on the East Coast uh, on February 28th at 7 p.m. at I forget which hotel near the airport, you can see us do our podcast live. Yay! Maybe Woo! like drink a beer with us, and have some hugs. It'll be awesome. <laughs> so last and certainly not least, um, we would like to thank our patrons from Patreon. These folks are producers technically for our show. Alex Jonathan Brown, Ann Seip, Bobby Letzinger, Chris Jones, Chris Metzkis, Dave McDonald, Dave Tubman, Fourth Letter, Gangster Hotline, yeah, um, Hans Noodleman, <laughs> Jason Dill, Jay Newton, hey Jay, Joe Crace, John Banyan, Johnny Baker, Kathleen Rogers, Kelton Weens, Larry Grimaldi, Leslie Touzay, Lisa Babby, Mary Collis, Measure Twice, Michael Hagen, Random Thinks, Stuart Lennon, Tana Feliz, Think Travel Eat, and Thomas Eckberg Anderson. And thanks again to Gary Varner and the newly relaunched Notegeist for sponsoring this episode. And remember, if you go to notegeist.com between January 9th and January 16th, and you're one of the first 40 people to use the code Erasables on your order of $10 or more, you get a free goodie bag, which we've seen and it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, maybe we'll turn it off. Mm.